This is episode number 41 of the Rising Man podcast with Alex Terranova. Dreams do come true. Happy, happy Thursday, risers, and welcome back to the Rising Man podcast. I am your host, Chetty Azuma, and I just want to share with each and every one of you how grateful I am for life right now. Grateful for life. So many things are moving forward for myself, for my family, for all the people around me, and I pray that all of you are experiencing the same kind of abundance and growth in your own lives out there. I know that life is full of ups and downs, and I always find a way to come back to gratitude and appreciation. I don't always get there in the moment. Sometimes it takes me a little while to remind myself of what I have to be grateful for. But I thought I would share this because I think that this is one of the secrets to life, to be able to be grateful, to be able to appreciate what we have in front of us right now in this now moment. Not for what we want, not for what's not yet here, not turning our attention to what we don't have, but appreciating all the blessings that we have in our lives right now. Appreciating all the blessings I have in my life right now. Because that's all we have. That's all that's here. We can build towards the future, but all we have is what we can be grateful for right now in this now moment. So I was compelled to share that with you guys. I hope you can tap into the spirit of gratitude, of simplicity, of humility, the humble blessings in our lives right now just the same way that I'm feeling it. And I want to share with you all the greatest excitement in my life right now. Aside from expecting the newest addition to our family in about the next six months or so, the greatest excitement in my life is Elements, the men's initiation weekend called Elements coming up here October 26th through 28th in California. I'm so excited for this because this has been the combination, the blend of all the greatest experiences I've had in my journey from boy to man over the past 10 years. And I'm putting it all together in three days of wilderness immersion training with a circle of amazing men, a team of men that is just blowing my mind, the guys who are showing up right now. We're heading out there this weekend. By the time you hear this, it may be too late to jump on board. but. If you are a man who wants to get more out of your life, who wants to have a brotherhood that lasts a lifetime, who wants to have an experience that will challenge you and make everything else in your life seem easy, head over to riseyazumacom slash elements. Check out the information that's there and sign up for an introductory call so we can get you either squeeze you in at the last minute or get you on board for the next one because we're going to be rolling these things out everywhere across the world in no time, but definitely continuing out here in the West Coast, East Coast, Canada, Australia, all within the next year. So if you guys are hearing this, go over to riseyazumacom slash elements to check it out. Okay. My guest for today is a man by the name of Alex Terranova. He is the founder of Dream Mason Coaching. He's a business life and mindfulness coach. He's worked with employees at LinkedIn, Shutterfly, Godiva Chocolate, David and Goliath, McCann, New York, just to name a few, as well as executives, entrepreneurs, and creators in many other industries. Alex wants to be better than he was yesterday and support others in discovering their greatness and building their dreams. He is fiercely and constantly seeking to live a life of joy, love, and authenticity. Let me tell you guys, Alex is a heavy hitter. He talked to us starting off with becoming a dream mason, how we can write the life story that we've always wanted to live and how we can make it a reality, not just pie in the sky. We talked about 
where we learn to play it safe and why so many men in our generation avoid taking risks, whether it's money, career, relationships, travel, adventure, etc. The men in our generation that are showing up right now are very risk averse. So we talked about where that all came from. We talked about how drugs, alcohol, chasing women, spending money, all of these vices are convenient ways to ignore our deepest truths, plus how discovering your vision is actually not an overnight process. The clouds are not necessarily going to part with God speaking to you and telling you what your life is all about. Maybe it happens that way for you, but the chances are it probably won't. This and so much more, I will leave the rest for you to discover in this episode. Without further ado, Alex Terranova. All right. Alex Terranova in the building. Pacific Beach, was it? Pacific Beach, Crown Point, San Diego. Yeah, that's where I'm from, right? That's, well, that's not where I'm from, but that's where I am. Right on, brother. Well, West Coast is the best coast, they say. <laughs> uh, good to have you, man. I know it's been a little bit of a journey to get this conversation together, but I uh, appreciate your perseverance and excited for what you have to bring to the Rising Man audience today, man. Thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. I think that you know this conversation that you're having and that I'm having and that we're going to co-create together talking you know, about, I think, things that appeal and, and uh, men don't often talk about. So I, you know, I, I follow mm-hmm. your podcast and I know you're having those conversations and I think it's important. It's kind of the thing that's ignored a lot. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, you got it. I haven't said this before in a podcast, but for me, the mission's already complete when we hit record and we start diving in and we leave our masks, you know, away from the mic and we start talking <laughs> about what's genuine and authentic. So to me, mission accomplished. We're already here. We're committed to sharing authentically what our experience is, what our truth is. And now we just get to dive in and see what other gold is in there. Nice. I like that. Cool. Well, great start. <laughs> uh, before we dive into some some of your story and letting the audience get to know more about your journey, you know, since you follow the podcast, I always ask a few questions in the beginning. So let's hear what you got for the first one. What is the difference between a boy and a man? Ooh, okay. So I'm going to, I got to give a shout out to my coach who I think taught me this, mm. but uh, his name is Mark Hunter. And I got to shout this out to him because I think it's brilliant. He, the idea, and now I've accepted it as my own is a man chooses in service of his commitments. A boy chooses in service of his feelings. Mm. I can expand on that. Yeah, I heard you. And uh, yeah, well, let's talk a little bit more about that. I was just listening to a recent one you did. Was it with Jeff Miller? Yeah. And uh, you guys were talking about choice and commitment. So j- go ahead and expand on that a little bit. Sure. So so really easy example of this is well-being. And I think well-being has a lot of facets. For me, well-being encompasses things like mental clarity or exercising my mind, spirituality, financial, sexually, the food I take, the exercise, all these things. So if, if I look at it from a, just a standpoint of food for this example, if I have a commitment to well-being and I'm out on a Friday night, you and me are hanging out and you're like, man, let's get pizza. Well, from I might feel like pizza. Pizza sounds really good. And Mm -hmm. why should I deny those feelings? But I have a bigger commitment outside of how I feel in the moment. And I think that children decide how they feel in the moment, right? They're like spastic and they're all over. And that's great to a certain extent, except it makes anything long-term impossible. Kids aren't accomplishing Mm -hmm. goals. They don't have like these big feats that they're building to. But as adults, we have things that we want. And the only way to get to them is to live into our commitments. So if I want to have a good well-being, I have to kind of at times say, you know what, I'm going to not choose pizza today because I have this commitment. 
And that doesn't mean I never mm. eat pizza. doesn't mean, of course I do. Love pizza. But <laughs> I try to build it in. Hey, when is, when do I get like that cheat meal? Or when have I, when does it fit into inside of the commitment versus just being like a feeling? Because I think if we follow our feelings, man, we wouldn't be married. We would be not taking care of our kids. You wouldn't go to work because a lot of days people are like, I don't feel like going to work. Everything kind of mm-hmm. falls out. Yeah. I think that's the place where a lot of people feel trapped too, is when they're making decision choice after choice based on how they feel from one moment to the next. And because how we feel can be so fluid and variable will lead people all over the world and then never get anything done. It's like you're trying to get somewhere, but you you go north for a little bit, then you go south and east and west, and you have no idea where you're going. You end up back in the center again. Absolutely. One of my uh, one of my mentors. Let's keep shouting out our mentors, right? <laughs> um, he's been on the show before. His name's John Somerville, and I, I'm sure he got it from somewhere else too. But something I think amplifies what you just said. He says a free man doesn't have any choices. He only has commitments. He only has commitments. And so when, when a man has arranged his life such that he knows what he's committed to in every domain of his life, like you just said, then the choices, quote unquote, are clear yeah. if you hold your commitments that way. Yeah, they're made for you already. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I think, um, I, I, I think of my commitments. One of the things I do, I do for myself, I have them posted. I do with a lot of my clients is actually define your commitments. You know, like be really clear. You know, I know for me, well-being is is up there at the top but ease that doesn't mean easy like doesn't mean i have an ease life but ease living a life of ease like kind of in the flow is a commitment of mine mm-hmm. uh relationships is another commitment you know but having those and then it's kind of like i think of it as my north star just go there <laughs> just head towards that yeah it's the filter through which everything in life can pass and only the yeses will make it make their way through but that's why it's so important to be clear on those commitments man i'm glad i'm glad you brought that in because i know you've been listening to the podcast so you know a lot of people come on here to talk about a lot of great facets of boyhood and manhood and choice and commitment is one that is implied behind what a lot of men say and it's a really simple way to make draw that distinction especially when we're looking at where a lot of men are suffering Mm -hmm. a lot of men are suffering in indecision and not making choices and not making clear commitments about their life and what they want because what comes before commitment? It's like having a vision, right? It's like knowing where they want to go. Yeah. Choosing by not choosing. You know, I, I always think of like, uh, if we hopped in an, like an Uber or a Lyft, and you didn't tell them exactly where you wanted to go. You don't get to say, hey, take me over somewhere great. The guy's not going to move the car. You got to give them an exact address. Now, the journey to get to the destination will always vary and always change. And sometimes it changes on the spot based on the way you know, life throws cards at us or, or circumstances at us, but we actually have to have a final destination if we want to get anywhere. And that destination has to be pretty mm-hmm. specific and measurable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. So before we get to know you a little bit more, let me ask you one more of these contextual questions. What's the difference between masculine and feminine? Well, the thing, the first thing that came to me is that it's not based on our gender. And I think that's a mm-hmm. huge misconception in our society is that men are masculine and women are feminine. And it, I, I think it couldn't be any more inaccurate. And I also think it's a trap, right? It leaves men unable to feel our feelings. It leaves women often in a place where they can't be strong. And none of that mm-hmm. is the truth. Like we're all, I believe that we are, as people, we are both. We are half masculine, mm-hmm. half feminine, regardless of whether you are a man or a woman or you know, hold yourself as something else. So I think the difference is, I don't know that I could uh, narrow it down on the spot of like all the different traits, Mm -hmm. but I would say a simple way would be, I think our masculine is the thing that has us take action. 
and the it's more of the doing and our feminine is more of the being so who our feminine is like how we're showing up who we're being when we when we walk into a room or when we're with each other and i'll give a little bit more because i don't know that everybody knows what that means but like if i walk into a room i can be friendly kind i can be warm welcoming loving or i can walk in a room and be angry short, frustrated, not connected. Those are all, I think, ways of being. But the act, the act of walking in the room is the action. So I think that mm-hmm. would be the simplest way that I would differentiate masculine and feminine. Right. I'm glad you I'm glad you nailed that down too because that's why I asked this question is because it's, it's time to let go of gender assignment when we talk about masculinity and femininity. We actually, we disrupt the way that we can use them as tools if we assign that to them You know, because then it, it naturally separates people apart from those distinctions. And for me, what I'm hearing in your distinction of masculine and feminine is feminine is a little more flexible. Feminine has some space to move around and be fluid, whereas the masculine is a little more direct, a little more certain. And obviously, there's plenty of different traits and characteristics we can assign to it, but certainly more useful if we're looking at those as just character traits. There is a guy I had on the show recently. You actually might know him because <laughs> you're similar area, similar domain. His name's Michael Holt. He's part of Alpha Tribe. Have you heard of those guys? I don't. I don't know them, but now I'm going to look no. them up. Well, instead of using masculine and feminine, they use terminology alpha and omega, which I thought was brilliant because immediately I'm like, well, what's alpha and omega? It's the same thing. It's just different terminology. And when we hear feminine, how many guys turn the other way and say, dude, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Even if they know it is, you know, turn the other way and say, that's not me. I can't, I can't subscribe to that. I can't accept that. And then we're denying a part of ourselves. So it's an important part of the dialogue is getting clear on what this actually stands for and what it means to us. Yeah. Reach. So there's so much of this in, in the way things are defined, keep us in a box and mm-hmm. we can change the way I think of it as not just changing the definition, but the way we relate to things. So I'm probably not going to be the one to change the definition of masculine or feminine. Maybe, but mm-hmm. probably not. But I can change the way I relate to masculine and feminine. And I can, I think, help along with what you're doing and so many other people are shifting that culture. We can shift the way we relate to it. Then it doesn't matter what it's defined as. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, that's why we need allies in the field, right? <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody can so, do any of this by themselves. It's too big. Right on, man. Well, cool. Well, so for the folks that don't know you, you call yourself the Dream Mason, correct? Yeah. Or or a Dream Mason, yeah, a yes, Dream Mason, you. maybe, right? Yeah. Okay. I, don't, I don't think uh, I always joke like I'm not a wizard or a warlock, like making dreams come true. <laughs> um, I think we're all. I think we are all Dream Masons. That mm-hmm. every one of us as a child had a dream. There is not a child that didn't dream. You know, and and maybe mm-hmm. for some children, unfortunately, that ability to be a child or dream ends at a very young age, and some of us get to carry it on for much longer. But everybody was able to dream at one point. And I think that we, a lot of us have lost that, which is just mm. sad and unfortunate. You know, it doesn't always have to be due to sad and unfortunate circumstances, but just life, the world we live mm. in. And the the Mason piece is about building. And if you have a dream, it's actually up to you to go build it. Nobody's going to, mm. we can have dreams all day long, but that doesn't make them reality. It's only if we dream and then we construct and take action and, and do it, does that vision or that dream become our reality or our purpose or a goal? Yeah, that's, that's right on. 
When, when I first heard that, when I first heard that terminology, probably, I think like the first email you sent me, I saw Dream Mason. I was like, oh, immediately I had a visual of someone hammering out dreams like on an anvil. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, that's really cool, man. So, so building dreams and crafting and honing in on dreams. Let's define what a dream is before we even get started here. So what is a dream? Well, first, I don't think anyone ever asked me <laughs> that question before, which is great. So I think there's a couple components. I think there's the, the creativity or the, the creativity and the vision, which is kind of the, the individual piece. And then I think there's this like magical, energetic, unseen aspect, whether it be the universe or God or spirit or, or our hearts or, you know, a, a cookie monster in the sky, whatever it is anyone believes. But that somehow the, that co-creation of those three coming together almost like puts a, an image or an energy in our space that actually lights us up and has us mm. kind of reach for something that's beyond us. Yeah, and you were saying that a lot of people, in your opinion, have lost that, have lost their sense of connecting to their dream from, from being a young kid. So, so what, what, when, in working with people, how do you help them tap back into their Yeah, I think you dream? know society kind of does that to us. Like we need to make money, you know, we have to be responsible, we have to grow up, we have to man up. We have to act like a lady, all these things that kind of just squash whatever it is that we want. I think the first thing is identifying the stories. So when I ask people like what they want, sometimes they know, sometimes they don't. Sometimes what they want is very small, sometimes it's very big. But I think getting back to what's in the way is so key. And when I say what's in the way, it's the stories you and I and everyone else have about life. I think it's something we we skip over. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I can have this or I can have that, or we're supposed to get married or we're supposed to be single. These, these stories that are like built into us by our parents, our religions, our society. And I don't think we, we never even chose them, right? Cause we're like little kids and I forget who says it. There's some author that talks about like, they're like implanted into us. And all of a sudden we're adults and we have all these beliefs and all these stories and we don't even recognize them as stories or beliefs. Mm. So I think when I can work with somebody to, it's not my job to tell them what it should be, but point out, hey, I notice you think, or it sounds like you think things are this way. What's, what does that limit you or what does that keep mm -hmm. you from versus all the other options and possibilities? Because I think none of us see the world the same way. We're all trapped in our own little box. Mm. And it makes me think of the archetypal story. Small town kid has big dreams of going to the city and being a rock star. And everybody says, get real, get grounded, hit the books, you know, marry the far, the, you know, the, the, pa <laughs> the pastor's daughter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the reason that so many people love those storylines is because it speaks to something deep within us. And how many of us have heard from a parent, from a grandparent, from an uncle, from an older sibling, from a younger sibling, that the dream that we have or had at a certain point in our life is impossible. It's unreal. It's unrealistic. It's irresponsible to dream that way. I mean, how, it's it's a signature of our generation. Well, I don't think it's just our generation. It's all the gen. I mean, it's it's. I think if we go back, let's just go back as far as most of us can associate with. Probably people like listening is our mm -hmm. grandparents were probably alive. You know, World War II, Great Depression. Imagine the stories that got created because of growing up then, right? Like I know my, my, my grandfather is one of my, I want to say he is, he is like one of my, my, he was my first mentor. I want to think like he was, he's my idol in a way. And 
I remember he's, he's not around anymore, but I remember talking to him about life as a little kid. And there's this idea that you have to be very safe and cautious because at any moment, the other shoe's going to drop and you're going to lose everything. And that's not, that's not mm-hmm. real. That's not a factual story. It was his experience of life. And yes, it can happen. But how limiting is that to think like, I need to hold on and always be prepared for everything to be taken from me. I, I don't want to mm-hmm. live that way. And I know that's like ingrained in me. I, I just, uh, I, I have, I coach a certain amount of people and I recently filled my practice. And the first thought I woke up the next day was like, they're all going to fire me. I'm going to have nothing. I'm going to have to start all over again. <laughs> and I recognize like, that's an old story that got ingrained in me from my childhood. Mm. Yeah. And it makes me think of your going all the way back to where we started, your distinction between a boy and a man. It shines a light on where we make mm-hmm. choices from. And where we can make choices from, we can we can make choices based on stories we've been told that don't actually serve us, that act, that limit our possibility, or we can choose to look at life in a different perspective. And that's you know in the coaching and the empowerment world, that's what we're always talking about, right? Is which perspective are you holding about your life and reality right now and everything around you, and is it the one that you want to be holding? Is it the one that supports your dream, your vision, what you're up to, and what you want to be up to? Yeah. And that requires we, we actually get conscious to the stories, right? Because otherwise it's the truth. If we can't actually identify it as a story, then it's the truth that, hey, I will wake up and everything will be taken from me. And in effect, I have no power. I'm just a pawn floating mm-hmm. around. Right on. Well, let me ask you a real honest question then. Are you living your dream right now? Ooh, am I living my dream right now? I think I'm on the way. So I think I'm in process. I think that Yes, because right now is perfect because it's that's all there is. Four years ago, I decided I wanted my life to be different and like dramatically different. It wasn't working the way it was going. And there was nothing wrong. It looked good. I was checking all the right boxes, but it wasn't working for me. And I made a really conscious choice to change it and to really flip it upside down and see what it would look like a completely different way. So if I, if I really say like, yeah, I mean, I think I'm at the beginning of my dream. I think it's, it's expansive and it's going to keep growing, but it has to start somewhere. So, yeah. Cool. So let's fill in the blanks a little bit, a little more story, a little more context about you. What did it take for you to get to a point where you're living your dream? You're beginning to live your dream. What was your, what was your first pass or first or second or third passes at adulthood like before you got to where you are now? (laughs) I fell into my first career. I opened restaurants and bars all across the country and Mm. I was really good at it. I started as a teenager. By the time I was 25, I got to open my first restaurant for someone else. And next thing I knew, I was 30 and I was moving to New York to run a restaurant group. And I had done, I had made my own menus. I'd done all the things. I'd like checked all the boxes in that industry outside of owning my own place. And I kind of just thought, hey, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And there was a part of me that was okay with that because I was really good at it. And there was another part of me that was like, this is it. Like serving food. Food's important, but like, that's it. Like I'm going to die and it's going to be like, I gave, I help people eat food and make some money. And I, it didn't fit at 32 December, December of 2014. I like to think like life punched me right in the nose. (laughs) I was living in that world. You know, everybody knows about the restaurant, bar, hospitality world. Very like, I want to say like vain or ego driven, a lot of substances, a lot of like fast paced, not a lot of taking care of ourselves. And Mm. I was in Costa Rica and my cousin asked everyone in our family what we were grateful for. 
and I didn't have an answer. Like I have, I have more probably than like 99% of the world and mm. had no answer. And I, and I cracked. And that's why I say like, like punch me in the nose. I broke into tears. I want to say for the first, one of the first times in my life, the mask came off, the masculinity went away and I melted and everybody sat there staring at me. And I looked at my girlfriend at the time and was like, everything's going to be different. Hmm. And that was the moment where I were like, I call it like almost like a light switch moment. Like I decided I'm flipping the switch and it's going to be different. There's no, I can't go back. I don't know what it's going to take and it might not be fun. And it wasn't fun at first, but that was the beginning of the journey. And it was, it was actually really simple. Like I did things like uh, quit, I quit watching sports because I Mm. spent so much time, I think, hiding from myself in sports in other people living their dreams. I'm hiding from all everything I could do. I quit watching sports. I quit watching TV. I started reading books. I decided I was going to be positive every day, no matter what, like I was going to, and it was totally fake, right? I'm faking positivity, but that's the only way we do anything is we practice. So I'm going to practice being positive until positive, until I'm good at being positive. Um, <laughs> that was the beginning of the, that was the beginning of the journey. And I went about that way, kind of like subtly, like figuring out new ways to do things. I stopped drinking so much. I stopped hanging out with certain people that weren't headed in the direction I wanted to go in. And uh, next thing I knew I was meeting people that were calling themselves coaches. And I was hmm. I, I was like, who are these people that are so positive and, and think anything's possible and changing others' lives? And I think I resisted it for a while. And next thing I knew, I was having a session with a coach. And that's when I went, oh, this is what I want to do. This is the mm, thing. Right on. So up, up to that point where you got, where you're in Costa Rica and that question hit you like a ton of bricks, did you have some glimpses of maybe I'm missing something along the way? Or were you completely blind to all of that? Were you completely shutting off those voices that were telling you otherwise? Ooh, I think, a, I think a little of both. I think I did a really good job drowning it out with things like women and alcohol and sports and social media, things like that. Like kind of, if, if those things kept me occupied, then I didn't have to think about who I really was or what was happening inside or that, why am I on my one day off during the week drinking so much that the day is just gone? Like, what am I avoiding? I never had, I didn't think about these things, but I think I did recognize that something was like off or askew because I think I was asking mm-hmm. questions or I actually recently went and found a box that I had had before I moved to New York. And in that box, there were books, there were personal development books, there were some books on spirituality. And I think I was like, there was that little voice that was yearning for something else and like kind of screaming mm-hmm. and, and it might have me buy one book and not read it. Or it might have me watch uh one movie or documentary or something and then just forget about it so i think it was a lot of uh, a lot of like like quieting it down pushing it away yeah and of course as we're talking about this journey to self-discovery everybody's story is completely different that's one of the things i love the most about this podcast is we get to hear about the different stories the different unique ways that we come to recognizing our true self really remembering our dream maybe is a good way of thinking about it and so I can relate to that time. The same thing happened for me in New York City. I wasn't in the I wasn't in the service industry, but I was working as a physical therapist, had a great job, partying a lot, smoking a lot of weed, smoking cigarettes, carefree, but also had this like whisper going on in my head. I was drowning it out pretty well, but the but the whisper saying, "This can't be it. Is this really all there is? Is this what you're going to do for the next 
35 years, then retire? Is that it? And it took some big wake-up calls for me that I've talked about on this podcast before, before too. But I remember when I had that wake-up call and I decided to start taking action towards remembering my dream and really living it, there was this one sense that, man, look at all this time I wasted. And I, I, so I just want to check in and see, did you have a sensation like that, at least in the beginning? Obviously, looking back in retrospect, you may have a different perspective. I don't... I- I guess we could say that, right? Like it makes sense. Like, oh, look at all this time. We could have been living this. Like I'm happier now than I've ever been because of the work mm-hmm. I've done and because of the uncomfortable out of my comfort zone places I put myself in. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think that without the way it went, could we have gotten to where we are? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, my mom used to say this thing to me when I was like growing up, when I would do something bad or you know, if, if, if I like misbehave or whatever. And she used to like say, there's nothing she would ever change about me because if she changed one thing, everything else would change. And she loved me for who I was. So even though there were times that I messed up or whatever, it's just part of the whole piece. And I kind of think of it like that. Like I wouldn't be here, you know, talking to you, working with people, helping people, changing people's lives, having my life changed if I hadn't gone, followed that yellow brick road, like exactly the way it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's a, uh, that's a great way of putting it. Uh, that yellow brick road, when we're, we can be on the yellow brick road and it's not always going to be golden. It's not going to be all those golden bricks. Sometimes it's going to be some shitty, muddy darkness that we have to step through. And of course, that's what it takes. You know, we, some of the best lessons in my life have been the, shit, the shitty dark messes that I didn't want to be in yeah. at the time. And of course, we know looking back in retrospect, it's it's what shapes us. It's the unique experiences that give us something to serve from, a place to mine that gold and serve it forward in our lives. So cool, man. Very cool to see how that journey has unfolded and gotten you up to this point. I thought that was just really important for guys who are listening to here, because I know a lot of guys who are listening to this are in that state of maybe they've identified that they have a dream that they're not living, or even that just they can relate to that sensation of like, God damn, I'm waking up and I'm seeing all this time that I've wasted. None of it is wasted time. It's not wasted time. It's all experience. And I think like even the if you're if you're listening and you're thinking, man, like the things I've done, like I can't change now, or you know, I've done some things that I'm not proud of. You know, like like I've never done anything that has has me like behind bars where like I can't change. Everything I've done, I think I can go clean up. You know, I can clean up the messes I've made through through connecting with people. But you know, we've all done stuff. Nobody is if you have a Scott free path past you just weren't living you didn't have any you weren't actually experiencing life mm-hmm. and i think that regardless of how the past went it's kind of irrelevant in the sense of at any given moment you can kind of stop and go wait that's all done at any moment mm-hmm. you can stop and pause and go wait i want to go a different direction so i don't want this yellow brick road to this place i'm actually going to go right instead of left mm. Yeah, man. Well put. Well put. So in this in this whole dialogue about your journey and, and really embodying learning to cut to you, you met with a coach and all of a sudden you got this insight into what you wanted to do. So why dream Mason? Why, why, why focus in on the dreams? What, what is what lights you up about that so much? Because it lights a similar fire in me. I just want to hear you talk about it. Well, it's funny because it actually came out of insecurity. I don't, I don't talk about this much, but it totally was born out of insecurity. I, so I did this session with this coach and it blew my mind. We spent 90 minutes together and in 90 minutes, free, a free 90 minute like sample session, I 
got to see how my patterns and my behaviors were sculpting my life. And it was no one else's fault and everything. And like, I saw it so black and white and clear. And, and after that, I actually went home and I enrolled myself in a program that I think is, is the best program for transformation and leadership. And it's, it's a year long intensive program. And in that I started training to, to, as a coach and I don't know if I even realized I would take it on as a career. I was still in the hospitality business. I think I was, I needed to change me. That was the, that was the intense part at first, but I remember trying to get my clients at first and I didn't like saying I was a life coach or a business coach. Like business coach felt like it was very much in a box. Like I have to coach you on business and life coach was this ambiguous, like, what does that mean? How, do, how am I going to coach you on your life? Like, that's so, that's so massive and big. And I just couldn't, I was uncomfortable with all of it, right? And didn't make any sense and felt like so woo-woo-y. Like, what does this even mean? And I needed to find something that fit for me. Like, if this is going to be what I do, and I recognize, like, we, well, whether you're a coach or, you know, a motivational speaker or you're helping people in any way, we're all kind of doing the same thing, but we all kind of get to wrap it in our own like wrapping paper. We all kind of get to put our own little like secret sauce on it. And I was looking for that thing that stood out to me. And I love, I love the thesaurus. I think it's really cool to like the way we can manipulate words to express ourselves in so many unique and different ways. And I was just, I sat there just flipping through one and, and it kind of just fell into place. And as soon as I saw it, I knew, I mean, I knew I trademarked it. Like, I made up this word and made it my own. And, and I actually have a vision, of, a dream of mine is that one day people will say, I'm a dream mason. People that are actually like out there doing, creating the lives that they want for themselves, their family and others will actually recognize themselves as a dream mason. <laughs> That's cool, man. The power of words and vision is so, is so dope because as soon as you shared that, that image I had of Dream Mason from when I first heard it came back, except I saw like a whole factory of Masons just hammering away on their visions. <laughs> There's got to be some dope animation you can get about, you know, people masoning their dreams <laughs> in a factory. And it's, I mean, it is in a way, I always think of it as building blocks, like it's bricks. It's like none of us, I, uh, I was actually just today thinking I wanted to create some new, bigger, I've accomplished some goals recently that were goals that I set like three years ago, four years ago when I started. And now it's like, oh, now I get to a new goal, a new dream. And I think like I noticed I was afraid to define it clearly. And I had to remind myself that three, four years ago when I created these, they were scary. And it's, it's not a create a dream, go get it all at one time. It's actually like one brick, you know, one brick. When, when we build brick walls, we don't, it's not like they all get slapped up at one time. It's one brick at a time. And then all of a sudden, have a wall. Yeah. Right on, man. I love that visual as well. And I know one of the places that I get caught up with, I, I tend to use the word vision. For what you're describing as dream, I use the word vision. And I think we're all talking about something very similar. And I know that on my path, the way my personality, my character, I tend to get stuck in the day to day. So when I, I get really clear on where I'm going, where my direction is, my plan, my process, and I start hammering away and I take action on it every single day. And one of the things I forget to do is to circle way back up to that 30,000 foot perspective to appreciate just how far I've come mm -hmm. and what I've actually achieved in a short period, short period of time or even a long period of time, but to just appreciate what's actually happening because the day-to-day the -day grind can be, it's, it's, not as thank, it's not as thankful 
there's not as much to appreciate about the day-to-day grind. So how did you, how do you navigate that yourself, that yourself? Is that something you are challenged by, or maybe people that you work with and coach? Yeah. So I think, so when people ask me when I'm like out on the street, I, I kind of, to, to, so I don't have to get in a 30 minute conversation with everybody I meet. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I usually I'll say, you know, I'm a dream Mason. I'm a performance and mindfulness coach. And I kind of see that I love, I didn't, I didn't even recognize this until this conversation, but when you ask me the masculine and feminine, that's kind of performance and mindfulness to me. Performance is the masculine, the mindfulness is the feminine. And I think mm-hmm. that's to, to your question of right now, how do I navigate my days or how do I support my clients to navigate their days or identify those two things. Once we've identified all the things that are in the way and what they want, now it's like, how do we get them to perform so to take the actions that will get them to the desired result. And how do we get them to be in the being or the mindfulness so that they're actually taking actions that are new and different, right? Because if you just take the same action and never get the result, you'll always never get the result. We, have, mm-hmm. we actually have to be willing to look at, hey, is it the action? Is it the being? What's off? So for mm-hmm. me, it's, it's being conscious of how am I spending my days? How am I spending my time? But not from a, not from like a, uh, I got to do more. Cause so often when we just try to do more, like nothing actually happens. Right. We're hustling and we're miserable, but we don't actually get the result we want. So for me, it's that balance of how much do I need to do and create? And then who am I being about it? And then I think there's that magical piece. Like, do I have faith in something bigger that I'll take the right action. I'll, I'll be in the right being and the right people will show up. For me to meet. Mm. Awesome, man. And uh, do you work with men and women? Do you focus in on one or the other? So right now I'm about probably 60, 70% men, uh, mm. you know, roughly 30 or 40% women, but it actually flipped. I was almost all, I had all female clients for, mm-hmm. for the majority of my practice. And then about a year ago, I, I had this moment where I went, I want to work with men. Like there's not a lot of people doing this with men, you know, like I know I need to have some, some breakthroughs and some vulnerability shifts with men. And I'm not going to have those if I'm only working with women. And I know men out there that, that are, you know, bumping heads with their dads or they can only relate to their dads if they're watching sports or, you know, or having a drink, but like men, there's, I noticed that there's a disconnect, right? We don't know how to relate to our buddies. A lot of us, except it's mm-hmm. like women's sports work, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it kind of stops there. There's no vulnerability. There's no depth. And I think so because I knew that it was for me, I also was like, Hey, if I'm going to, I think something needs to exist in the world. I need to do it myself mm-hmm. and support other people around it. I can't try to support other people around something that I'm not willing to do. Mm. So now it's, yeah, man. I've really been looking for, you know, strong, successful men who it's who are like me or probably like you, like the boxes are checked. They're doing it all mm. right, but there's that piece that's just missing and they can't figure out what it is. Yeah. So with the men that you work with, is there one simple message that you would send to the men out there? Something that you see that's occurring right now in the in the force with men that every man could benefit from hearing? Ooh, so it's such a big question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh, uh, there's the thing that's coming to me that I'm like, man, men don't want to hear this, but I say it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the thing I don't want to hear either. That is that we got to fall in love with ourselves is that I think that when we see when men are like that man up or we got to achieve more, we got to make more money. 
or we got to get a, a, a prettier girl or a better car or a promotion, all those things are outside of ourselves. It's actually not going to fix or get us the thing that we want, which is inside. And I think mm-hmm. the thing that we really want is like, if we could fall in love with ourselves, which I think like, we don't want to hear that. We don't want to talk about that. Then anything's possible. If we love ourselves, we can do and be anything. That would be it. That would, yeah. <laughs> mm. I dig that, man. I'm glad you said that. Cause that's something that I know a lot of guys out there still, still won't quite know what that means. And that's okay. To let that to de- to let that land, but to know that it is okay to love and appreciate ourselves, and and if you're already on that path, keep leaning in more because nobody's going to love you as much as you do, or as you can. Well, so and I think how do you how do you love other people if you can't love yourself? I always think like you can only love someone else as much as you can love yourself, you know, and and you can only receive as much from other people as, as you can love yourself. Right on, man. Cool, bro. Well, listen, this has been a great conversation. I'm kind of getting to the point where we start to wrap this up and put a bow on it. So I'd like to ask a few lightning round questions at the end before we give you a chance to let people know where they can find you at. You up for it? Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, cool. So what is one thing you've learned in your life that you wish you knew back when you were 18? Oh, when I was 18. That everything I need is already inside of me. Mm, Love that. And what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? Ooh, uh, integrity. Mm. Right on, man. That's mine too. All right. Well, Alex Terranova, the dream Mason, how can people learn more about you, work with you, support you? I know you want, if you want to talk about the podcast, whatever you want, hit us up with it so we can put the links in the notes. Sure. Yeah. So easiest way, cause you can access everything is at thedreammason.com. So you can find out about working with me. You can find out about the podcast. You can read things I've written, but everything is there. Uh, if you don't like that, you don't want to go there. Uh, you can check out the Dream Mason podcast. It's on iTunes. It's on Google Play. Uh, I just launched it on YouTube, so there's a few video versions. And then I'm on Instagram at Inspirational Alex. Right on, brother. We'll make sure we put those links in the notes for everybody listening who wants to work with you, man. Hey, thank you for sticking it out. You know, I, most people won't know this, but we had a lot of technical issues and a lot of scheduling things. But I take that as a testimony to your will, to your willpower and your commitment to to be in this work and to be in this conversation, man. Thanks. Thank you, dude. Thanks for um, thanks for doing like what you're doing. You know, I, I think you said it, it. This is not a this is not an easy thing to do as a man. You know, we're not we are not tr- taught or trained to talk about our vulnerabilities, our feelings, to connect with other men and go deeper. Um, so thanks for your, I guess the, the bravery and the courage that you have to have this conversation. And you know, to me, it's like if one person gets touched, we change somebody's life. life. Mm, mm, thank you, man. I fully received that. And like I said at the top of the episode, the mission is complete when we press play because we're already here. We're already diving in. So thank you for being a part of that too, man. And we'll, we'll catch up with you later on down the road. See how you're doing. Thanks, man. You got it. I loved this episode with Alex because I love talking about vision. His word is dreams. My word is vision. We're all speaking about the same thing. What is the biggest truth, the deepest truth we have about what we want to create in our lives? Where is the source of our greatest excitement? What is that thing that lights us up? Anytime I get to be in that conversation with another man who has found that for himself and is inspired to help others find that within themselves, I know that the world is moving in a good direction. So really grateful to have this conversation with Alex today. I hope that you guys got as much out of this episode as I did. 
if you are a man who is wanting to mason your dreams, if you're a man who wants to cultivate your vision, to ground it with a commitment, to put everything you have to the test, challenge yourself so that life is easier on the other side, check out the elements training that we have put together here. We're doing our first one here in LA this weekend, October 26th through 28th. By the time you hear this, seats will already probably be filled, but you can head over to rise.jediazuma.com slash elements to check it out and sign up for the next one. If you're looking to finally create the life you've always wanted, break through all the BS stories that are holding you back and see what you're really made of, make sure you check this out because it's a training like none other out there. I promise you guys that. Head over to facebook.com slash groups slash The Rising Man. Check out show notes for links and resources from this episode to follow Alex and everything that he's doing. Head over to the risingmanpodcast.com. That's the risingmanpodcast.com for the show notes for this episode and every other episode. Please, you guys, subscribe and follow this podcast on the app that you use, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you're using, please give us a follow and leave a review or comment because this is really how we spread the message to other men out there. Let us know about your biggest takeaways, insights, your thoughts on the Rising Men movement and some of the things that we discuss on this show because there are other men out there who need to hear what this is all about. So if you believe in this mission, if you believe in this message, please go and subscribe, leave a comment, review. You can even leave comments at therisingmanpodcast.com. There's a comment section for each and every episode if you want to do it like that. Also, please check us out on Instagram. If you don't follow us already, give us a follow at Rising Man Podcast. Shout out to Sean Offenbach over at Infinite Melodics. That's at Infinite M-E-L-O-D-I-X on Instagram. Spinning out these episodes every single week for you guys, twice a week these days. He is a man on a mission. Sean, I appreciate you, brother. And the rest of the Rising Man Power Squad, Julian, Mark, Rowan, appreciate you guys. My behind-the-scenes team who is making the Rising Man into everything that it can possibly be because like i always say none of us can do it by ourselves and i couldn't do it without having you guys to listen to support this rising man movement to support this rising man message so thank you to all of you as well and reminder to each and every one of us until next time rise up and claim your destiny